I got to tell you, man, I've seen some things over the past several years. I can't explain it. I mean, I just, I just can't. I can't explain it. I have no words for it. There are things that, you know, I was agnostic for a really, really long time, and 12 years actually, and, and uh, I remember thinking, if I, first of all, if I'd walked in here, seen some tall ball, had a guy up there like spitting that out, I'd been like, he's psychotic. There's snakes going about, the, you know what I mean? Like, I would have thought that dude's crazy. But it's funny because I said that before I was willing to really take a look and to, to try to see who Jesus was. And when, I, when that happened, everything changed. And this isn't about me today. I will say a couple things. If I see anybody go to sleep, I'm going to put the mic right there and, like, hit that. <laughs> Come on. You know, uh, I feel like, I feel like I talk about Peter a lot. I talk about David a lot. I will say before I say anything else that I'm a gimp, so I won't be standing up like running around like John Hugh does. I will some, but I'm also blind. You know, it's bad when you're so old, you got to have two, you know, like the doctor glasses and then the ones that actually work, but you don't want to look like a nerd. So you keep them in your pocket like this right here, (laughs) which I'm going to have to look like a nerd at some point. So forgive me. Um, You know, we've been, well, first of all, let me say this. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Chris Gellum. If you don't know me, Uh, I am one of the elders here. And, you know, I was blessed to, to be of a service worship leader here for a long time. And I was, man, God, he, he, he used that, you know, to help me grow. And it was awesome. And it, it was. And I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful that the other day I just happened to drive by and this place was full. And when I walked into the, to the sanctuary here, I saw it. I saw all the kids from Spain, or about 100 of them from Spain up here worshiping, having their graduation here. And it was, oh, man, I ended up, like, blowing off everything, even supposed to be somewhere. I totally blew that off, and I hung out in here the whole day. You know I mean? Like, that morning, me and Byron. And I'm so thankful I have a church that reaches out to their neighbors. I'm just, I'm thankful for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for uh, the leadership here. I'm thankful that God is doing amazing work here, that God is using Bellwether the church to change lives. I'm thankful for you, each one of you. I thank you for getting up this morning and coming here. I can tell you this, it is not by accident that you're here. The Lord brought you here for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but he got you up. It doesn't matter if there's one person sitting in here. He, I, I know this, though. Whenever I'm praying through sermons or whenever I'm praying through messages that I write, a lot of times it can, there's some cool stuff that, you know, that when you're, when you're, when you're doing all this study and there's some cool things you learn and you really want to share, it's like, oh man, this knowledge is like awesome. And then it's like, I really can't fit that in because see, God was telling me, it ain't about you, Chris. There's somebody here today that needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear it because my reckless love is going after them. I don't know who you are, but I know this. I felt it all week. I felt it. I, in fact, I couldn't even get away from it. I was going one direction, and it ended up going another direction. And there were a lot of crazy things that went down, some turns, you know, that 
And at the end of the day, it was, I know what God's put on my heart. So if it's you, whoever it is, open your heart to what he has to say to you today. Just open your heart to those two questions. Would you do that for me? Thank you. All right. So um, the series, you know, we've been going through this, this series called uh, Spirit Field. And what we did, we, we, we started in Acts and we've gone, I, I'm going to use part of Acts 15 today. I think, I'm pretty sure that's where we are or close to it. And it's, you know, it's really cool because what we've seen is we watched, we watched the church in Acts 2, the church was formed. And, and, you know, the cool thing about God tells us that when, when we accept Christ, his spirit, he pours his spirit out in us. And uh, yeah, Jesus even says, you'll do greater things than me. I always tripped out on that, but you'll do greater things than me. He was telling his disciples, hey, man, look, look you, you're going to do greater things than me. And they were probably like, man, what you talking about? I haven't seen you hit all these people. <laughs> you've, like, you've done all this cool stuff. And little did they know that just a few short weeks later, they would be healing people. They would be healing people. And so we've, we've gone through Acts, and we've seen what, what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. John, he's been, he's been talking about it a lot. We've learned a lot of really cool stuff. But, but before we go to the main Scripture... Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can look at, and, and I didn't give this, I don't know if I gave this to Byron or not, but it's, it's actually Acts 15. And, and all it is, is it's, it's when uh, Peter, you got Peter and Paul, and they're like, they're at the council in Jerusalem, and, and, and there's, some, there's some discussion going on with, within the council about the laws and, that, and things like that, or the, the Jewish law for Christians. And, uh, and Peter, Peter says this, he says, or the word says this, says, after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did us. He made no distinction between them and us for he purified their hearts by faith. So he said this, but he was talking about what? The Gentiles, right? He was talking about the Gentiles. Let me ask you something. You ever felt left out of something? You ever felt left out of something? Because like when I was just a little nugget about this big, I can remember uh, this little dude got this, this, got this little, got this dog, you know, a little puppy. And I was just standing there, and I couldn't get inside. And there were all my buddies in there playing with the little dog, you know. And I was like, God, that dog is so cute. I got to get some of that. And I couldn't. And I just remember going, golly, man, I was so bummed about that. I felt, I just felt kind of like, man, there's something there. And it's right there. There's a piece of glass between us. I just can't get to it. And that's the dumbest illustration ever. But I will tell you, it is, it's kind of like, I mean, it it really is kind of like, I think about what the Gentiles must have felt when they were like, they were talking about the Almighty God finally, that it wasn't just the Jews who were accepted, but it was, it was them. Can you imagine? First, can you imagine hearing that? But can you imagine going your life going, man, I'm not accepted. I'm not accepted. He likes those people, but he doesn't like me. 
Well, when I was thinking through that this week, I got to tell you, there's a part of that that I went, ugh. I don't, I kind of feel like that sometimes, or I used to. And I can go through my life going, oh, you know. But then what, what Peter, what, what gets me so fired up about this is that, what, so Peter's like, hold up. It's for the Gentiles too. It's for you too. Now, let's pause right here. I tell you, I talk about Peter all the time because, man, you talk about a brother that screwed up. He, man, he was always doing stupid stuff. And he would, you know, first of all, he started off just, you know, he, what, what floored me years ago was, was learning that Peter actually was a fisherman, right? And Jesus said, come follow me. And he, get, he goes and he follows him. But then he leaves and he goes back to fishing. And then Jesus is like, oh, don't follow. Sometime later, he's like, follow me, follow me again. And then all this stuff happened where he denies Jesus. And, and I just, you know, I can't help but think how I feel when I do or say or think stupid stuff or I know God nudging me to do something and I don't do it, yet Peter was with Jesus and denied him. And then he was with him one time and... and <laughs> You know, he would just say these stupid things, you know, and, and he was like, should we build an altar? <laughs> and Jesus was like, man, what? Like, and then Jesus tells him later, Peter, you're going to deny me. And he's like, no, man, you're crazy. I ain't denying you, man. No chance. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to deny me before the rooster crows. Well, we all know how that ended for Peter after his declaration of there's no chance I'm going to do it. So I love thinking about Peter and all the things that he did or did not do and how when he was addressing the Gentiles or when he was writing his, his letters, first and second, Peter, after his life had been radically changed, he said this, and I want to read it to you. And it's in, it's in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once, listen to this now, listen. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Hold on. Once you, once you weren't even a people, once you were nothing, but now, you're everything. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. And then he says, you know what? Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And can you imagine what Peter must have felt like when he was telling them that? I mean, really, if you think about can you, because see, he was saying, look, man, look, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because, I, I mean, I can't imagine him going, oh, man. You know, the fact, one, that he wrote it down, when you actually wrote, and when you penned that out and sent it, that alone was a death wish, you know? They weren't real fired up about the way, is what they called Christians back then, especially when they flat out challenged by writing 
these letters and sending them because this letter was actually written to believers everywhere. And so Peter writes this. And what he says is, you're chosen. You're chosen. Now look, there's a lot of debate over this, but remember, he's talking about, he's talking to believers everywhere, but specifically the Gentiles right here, that God has chosen you. You're special. You're a royal priesthood. What is that? You know, that's a big word, but let me tell you what that is. So, y'all know when Jesus died, right? When Jesus was on the cross, and it says that, that there was a curtain, right? That the curtain was split when he died. Well, see, back then, you had to go to a priest and have him go to God for you, right? Because you didn't have direct access to the Lord. And what happened is, this is really cool. What happened is in the temple back then, the priests would like, there was this, what they called the holy place, right? There was this room and they would go back to this room, right? And they would make their sacrifices and things. And the, the, um, it, God said, if, if you come back here with an unclean heart, peace out. You're going to drop dead. Well, so these priests would have bells on their, on their robes. And then they would even tie a rope to their leg because, you know, somebody was sitting there like, uh-uh, if he falls dead, I ain't going in there to get him. <laughs> you know, wouldn't you like to be, hey, uh, Neil, would you go get him? It's like, <laughs> say what? <laughs> After what I was doing last night, man, I was up in the club, I ain't going in there. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, Neil. But but see, it got so bad they would, tie, they would tie a rope to his leg so that if he dropped dead, they would, they'd pull him out of there. Because see, you couldn't have access to God. So what Jesus was saying, or what Peter was saying was that, listen, you're royal priesthood. You are the priest. You don't have to have a priest to get to God. You don't. Here's another cool fact. How, how thick do y'all think that the, the curtain was? It was 10 inches thick. 10 inches, I found that out this week. And I didn't believe it, so I had to go back and, like, you know, Google. She knows everything, by the way. You just hit that little button. It's like the 1411, you know, we used to ask her, and she'll tell you everybody's number. Hit the Google, and she knows everything. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. Um, no, but look, so, so it was 10 inches thick. So when, the, when it split, can you imagine it's split because when Jesus died, the curtain split. What do you think God was telling him then? What, what do you think God was saying? You got access. You're a royal priesthood. You were chosen. And then he says this. You're a holy nation. What does that mean? Well, it means you're set apart. And you belong to God. I want you to know that in all my years in ministry, the thing that I find is most hard for people to believe is that they belong to God. It's difficult. A lot of people, they think they believe it. But in their core, they don't. So today, what I want to tell you, what I want, what Peter was telling them, is that you're chosen. 
Think about that. You're chosen. You're chosen. Years ago, when I was, uh, one more little nugget story, but years ago, I was was 10 years old, and I was on the playground, and I walked over, and there were there were these two groups. They were they were getting ready. To, they were picking teams, two teams for the for the game Red Rover, a Red Rover. Is it Red Rover? Red Rosie, Red Rover, something like Rover. Okay. So and it was like there was some it was some older dudes, you know, and then and then another team, and and so as I walked up, the older guys were like, "Chris, you're on our team." <laughs> Because I had some, I had some of my, you know, some of my ten year old buddies with me, and these were some of the older guys. I was like, all right, and I, I mean, I felt good. They they chose me to be on their team, right? And so, what what Red Rover is, if you don't know, at least how we played it, is everybody, you know, one team would lock arms, the other team would get some distance away from them, and the goal being, you know, to they say Red Rover, Red Rover, send Ted right over or Jimmy or whatever, and you got to bust a move and run. You got to break through the line. The way we played it, if you broke through the line, you got a point. So I'm sitting there, and I look straight across from me. They'll call somebody, and I see Lucy. Let me tell you about Lucy. Lucy was the hottest girl that was 10 years old that I knew. She was super, super cool. She had more swag than anybody I had ever seen. And she wore a sweet faded blue jean jacket before anybody even knew blue jean jackets were around. And she was awesome. And so I saw Lucy, and about that time, I heard Red Rover, Red Rover, send Chris right over. And I was like, oh, 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 yeah. And I heard those guys going, come on, Chris, you got this. Come on. And they kept speaking like this strength into me. And as I, as I ran, I thought, you know, the best way to show Lucy my love is to crash through her, completely knocking her over, but at least maybe it'll hurt her, but it'll show her my strength, and then she'll dig me in the mind of a 10-year-old. That's what I was thinking right? So I, I'm, I'm rolling, man. I'm going as fast as I can. And as they're cheering me on, like I'm getting faster and I'm, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 miles an hour, but I was going. And about that time, right before I got to Lucy, I cut and I busted through these two dudes that were laughing because they thought I was about to bust through Lucy. Of course, I scored a point. <laughs> Didn't help with Lucy, but I scored a point. And as I ran, I really, I'm not kidding y'all, as they were cheering me on, I, I believed what they were saying. You see, as they were, they were saying, they were speaking these things in, I was like, man, I am. I am going 40 miles an hour. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I really was. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, I was really thinking these things like, man. And I felt strength because, see, I believed what they believed about me. It made a difference. It made a difference. I I remember feeling like a king that day on the playground. So I want to ask you something again. Do you believe what God says about you? Do you believe that you're chosen? That you have access? That you're set apart and that you're special and that you belong to Him? That you're his child and you're made in his image? He 
If you do, are you willing to be who he created you to be? I want you to really think about that. Are you willing to be who God created you to be? Because I got to tell you, I'm tired of watching people live defeated lives. I'm tired of people coming up to me and going, oh, man, look, I'm just, uh, da, 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 da. and they're not. And, and I'm like, dude, you have got the strength of the almighty God within you because Ephesians 3.20 says that he's able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine with his power that is at work within us, us being the believers of Jesus. So what do you do with it? Do you believe it and are you, are you willing to be who he created you to be. See, his power is within you, and his power is greatness. There's no reason for you to be living any other life than greatness in Jesus. So if you're not, what's holding you back? I tell you what I see a lot. Restrictions. I see restrictions. One, I, I, I hear this a lot. Well, man, I just, I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know what God wants. I mean, I'm just, you know. And I'm going to tell you, he gives you the formula. You know, if you actually, once you get in here and you start learning this, and you really start learning what he says about you, then discovering your purpose, discovering why you're here becomes really easy. And I can sum it up to you. You're here to bring him glory. And if you don't know how to do that, you just open up to Romans 12 too and follow it because this is all it says. Do not transform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the root. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then at that point, you can test and approve what my will is for your life. And people are like, dude, what's that mean? Well, this is what it means. Quit doing all the stupid stuff everybody else is doing. Get in his word and let it make you new. And then go try things out because the almighty God has given you gifts. He's given you passions. He's given you desires. And he's given you strengths. And the moment your strengths and your gifts intersect with your passions, there it is. There it is. But you got to believe what he says about you. See, your past can't define who you are. Your illness can't define who you are. Your circumstances, they can't define who you are. But we got to quit walking around defeated, feeling unworthy, feeling like he really wouldn't use me. Because what God is saying to each one of us, each person here today, is that my spirit's in you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. See, I use the least likely. Because a lot of us are like, no, man, there ain't no way he could use me because. See, that because, that, that because kept me away from Jesus for 12 years, even though I grew up knowing about it. That because was me listening to myself of these little things that would put in my head. What's keeping you from it? You know, uh, years ago, 
Well, I'll just say it like this. I, uh, I've, years ago, I was in medical sales. I've had 10 back surgeries and I don't even know how many epidurals and procedures and all these different crazy things. And uh, one day I was, I had, I had what I thought was the worst thing in my life. I had to give up my job and all that kind of stuff. What I thought was the worst thing in my life ended up years later being something I wake up every day and I praise God for. But see what happened after, I don't know, seven or eight surgeries, something like that. I was sitting on my couch one day, and I was miserable, man. I was popping more pills than you could even, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many pain pills a day I was taking. Because I never, I'd been hurting for years, I never stopped. I mean, I just, I never, I didn't know what it felt like to not hurt. I just took them, you know. And then I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty happy dude, you know, like I'm pretty, I don't let, I just let stuff just kind of flow, you know, don't worry about it. But I'd gotten to where I was bitter, I was angry, I was really struggling, man. And I remember sitting there one day, and y'all are going to think this is so stupid, but I remember sitting there one day laying on the couch, and I looked, and there was this tree frog, this green tree frog with this cool little red dot on him. Somebody once said, that's a poisonous one. I'm like, wasn't that, <laughs> isn't that typical? But so I'm watching him, and he's just, he's so still. He never moved. I mean, I was there for probably three, three hours, and that tree frog never moved. Took a nap, woke up, tree frog was still there, and I thought it was fake. Opened up my Bible, and I was, when it opened, it opened up to Psalm 46.10 that says, Be still and know that I'm God. And I looked over, and that frog barely moved. And I went, wow, it is real. And so, see, that day I decided I wasn't going to listen to the voices in my head because the voices in my head were telling me this, Chris, you're done, bro. You're done. You're going to end up a pain pill junkie. You're going to end up angry with your kids like you already are. You're going to end up blah, 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 blah. And see, I, I was listening to it. And I remember sitting there one day going, no. I, when I saw, I know he's God. And then at that moment, I was like, greater is he in me than of the world. And I started telling myself these things that I know are truth in God's word. I sat up and I looked at my dog and I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm taking back my life today. And I made a choice, a simple decision, regardless of how I felt, to wake up every day and start praising God that I could breathe. And like going, Lord, I thank you for the strength that's within me. And you know what? Next thing I know, man, I was kicking it. I, was, I, was, I started feeling better. I still hurting, but I wouldn't take any more pills. The withdrawal sucked. I'll say that. But, you know, I mean, I experienced something that I never experienced before. And what that was, was literally a decision to take back my life and be who God created me to be. Because that day I said, Lord, I'll be who you created me to be. You just let me feel your presence. I just took it back. 
And see, it's weird because I go back on that. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But the truth is now, I, it's one of the easiest things I've ever done because I quit relying on myself and just made a decision to be who God created me to be. Again, this is not about me. But all I can do is share with you what's happened in my life. And I can tell you this. There's anybody here today that's feeling like I'm not being who God created me to be. You know what the formula for that is? Believe what he says about you and test and approve. How do I test and approve? Come here, man. Come in here. Get involved in some of the things that we're doing, some of the service. Play on the worship band. TK, sorry about that. Everybody's going to be up here calling. <laughs> Let me play. But, you know, go to Span and serve. Get involved in Ignite, HOD. There's a million things we have here where you can go test and approve. But the bottom line is, what you were created to do is to take the Almighty God and to come in here and get so stoked about what He's done in your life and to take it out to the world and tell everybody you know. Then you'll feel differently. Then you'll feel strength that's beyond all understanding. And I know it because I wake up every day and I claim it. You know, in Mark 3, Jesus chose his disciples. And it says, it says here that, it says Jesus came or went up to the mountainside and, and he called to them those he wanted. And this is what he did. Simon Peter, James, John. Matthew, Bartholomew, he kept going. He was choosing them. Can you imagine how they felt? And he's choosing them just as he's chosen you. The question is, what are you going to do with it? What what are you going to do with it? Are you willing to be who God created you to be? Because he is building an army of the least likely, and I'm watching it happen every day. I have seen lives completely transformed. I'm looking at Bo. I'm looking at Ben. I'm looking at Teddy. I'm looking at all these people that have been involved, that I've watched them take a step out of the boat. I've watched them go, God, I'll do it. Just use me. And I'm seeing them radically, radically changed. And because they were willing to step out of the boat, I'm watching lives all over the place get totally wrecked by the reckless love of God. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I've seen healings. I didn't even believe in that before, but I've watched it with my own eyes. Can't explain it, but I've seen it. I've experienced it because the power that is within you and me, but those who believe in the almighty Jesus is immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. What do you choose to do with that? 
Father, we thank you for, for you. We thank you for your son, God, your spirit, your presence that is here with us. I thank you for your reckless love. I thank you that we're not slaves to fear because we have a power, your spirit that is within us that is more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, I thank you for whatever lives are here today that you are speaking directly into. I ask God that they would just abandon themselves and cling to you because God, you do not make mistakes. You create greatness, and it's in each one of us. I thank you for that. God, I thank you for Jesus. Amen.